I know a lot of hymns. And it's mostly because of the high school I went to. It was a Christian high school and we would sing nothing but hymns. And within those six years, I didn't really enjoy it sometimes. Sometimes they were good. They were nice and, you know, they had a nice ring to it. But I didn't exactly love that kind of music or that style of music. And now, just going back to some of those songs and literally there's this website, HymnoNet, that I just go and search up some of the classic hymns and I just realize, oh, I actually know a lot of these hymns. But I've just seen so much beauty in them and the lyrics, my goodness, many of these hymns were theologically rich, especially the ones that talk about salvation and grace. And it's just crazy that I was singing this for like six years and it never really sunk deep until I got an understanding of what salvation was and what grace was and what Jesus had done for me before like these things now singing these hymns like it's deep like it has meaning and it's just so beautiful to me but something else that I think is even more beautiful is holiness and we're going to talk about that today so let's just get right into it Welcome back to another episode on the Diary of a Jesus Kid podcast. If you are a returning listener, welcome once again. I'm so happy to have you back. And if this is your first time hearing my voice or tuning into this show, super, super happy to have you. Thank you so much for tuning in and all the things. I hope you had a good week. I certainly did. Um, I feel like January is just going by super, super fast because I can't believe we're like in the third week already. And I guess this month will be over in like a week's time, which is okay, not really a week's time, but you get the gist. But I think that is crazy for a January that usually lasts like, I don't know, three months on its own. Anyways, um, I hope that your year is going good so far. Um, yes, let's just get into what we're talking about because I don't have any more salutations to give. Okay, so when you think about holiness, I wonder what you think about. I wonder what comes to your mind. I know for me, maybe like two years ago, if I were to define holiness, my perspective would just be straight on to being without sin. So God is holy because God is sinless, right? And that is not exactly a wrong definition. In fact, that is very correct. God is holy. Yes, he's sinless. That's why part of why he's holy. But a more encompassing definition of holiness, and this is a more accurate, I guess, definition, because this is exactly what the Greek word that was translated here means, is to be set apart to be different and so it means otherness and what that means is just being different from what is common so if you bring that into the perspective of the tabernacle in the old testament and how items were called holy it's not that 
the things were sinless. It's not like they could sin, like inanimate objects could commit sin. But it was more of this thing is set apart for God, right? This is not something to be used for common use. So that is a more fitting definition of holiness especially when we think about it in respect to God because not only is he without sin he is not like us in any way shape or form God is different and transcendent from humans and from creation as a whole so he's not bound by time he's not bound by space or matter and what have you so when we say that God is holy our perspective should be that God is different from us. And that's a good thing. And if you think about things that you set apart, um, the things that you keep for special use, I'm just thinking about myself, maybe when I get new shoes or a new outfit or I don't know what it is, something new. I wouldn't be wearing it to like Walmart or just casually. I think, okay, there are two kinds of people, right? There's my younger brother. This is literally him. Like if he gets a new pair of shoes, he's wearing it the next opportunity he has. Like if we're going out, he's wearing it immediately. But I don't think like that. For me, it's like, oh, this occasion has to be very special for me to put out those new J's or whatever. I don't have new J's, but let's focus. Um, the occasion has to be worth it, in a sense, for me to bring out my best. So now bringing that, you know, into context, you can see that when God sets something apart, it also has that kind of meaning as well. Because you don't do that to your favorite outfit, your favorite things. I don't think that you would wear it every day till it is worn out. No, you preserve it, you know. You see some people that are actually like very obsessed with their things and they're like polishing it and like making sure it's clean and dusting it and all of those things. I'm not, it's not that deep for me, but we're, I'm just giving you some kind of perspective of holiness. And so... When you think about that, I don't think that in this, our culture, we attribute holiness as something that is beautiful. The Bible says in Psalm 29, from verse 1 to 2, it says, Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory glory due to his name and this is the part i really want us to focus on it says worship the lord in the beauty of holiness and this is not the only psalm that says it many times in the psalms you would hear the writer saying worship the lord in the beauty of holiness and it's just having me think that we have a perspective of holiness that is oh it's undesirable it's not something I really want like it's bondage and all of those things. But the perspective, the biblical perspective towards holiness is something beautiful. So we fast forward to Revelation and we see the angels and the elders. Day and night, they are singing the same song. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. 
the whole earth is full of your glory. And it's like these people are beholding God. They are before the throne. And they don't get tired. The Bible records that day and night, the song never ends. And it's interesting that when the angels start that song, the elders, the 24 elders, fall on their faces. They cast their crowns and they fall on their faces and join the song. And it's just like, okay, you've been doing this from, I don't know, for ages. Aren't you tired? Like you're seeing the same thing over and over again. Aren't you tired? But it can't be. I believe that as they behold, they see something different. They see a different dimension of God's holiness. And they're just moved in awe to worship. And that's what it means to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Because if the sole standard of beauty we have in this world is external, I think we have missed it. Because there's a song we sing. This is a favorite in my church. It says, my beloved is the most beautiful amongst thousands and thousands. We would be very wrong to sing that song about Jesus if we're only thinking about his outward beauty or looking at him externally. Because Isaiah 53 verse 2 says, And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. So there was nothing about the man Jesus that would be like, Oh, that will cause me to even take a second look. The Bible is saying that he looked absolutely normal. So there has to be something more. There has to be a beauty that is in God that we can't find elsewhere. The Bible says strength and beauty are in his temple. One of my favorite psalms, and I think this is also a crowd favorite. And it says, one thing have I desired, this will I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever, beholding the beauty of the Lord and inquiring in his temple. This is David. He's saying, God, all I want in my life is just to be looking at your face, just to behold your beauty. That's all. And I think a portion of that beauty comes from the holiness of God. The fact that he's set apart, he's different. And that is so beautiful. And now he calls us to be like that. To separate ourselves from what is common, from the patterns of the world. Romans 12.2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Be not conformed to the patterns of this world. Be different, be set apart. And the world will tell you that that is 
boring. It's kind of why I talked about him at the start. Because we have a perspective that that kind is boring. Oh, it should be done our way. But it is so beautiful. It's beautiful to keep yourself. Untainted. And it's the kind of beauty that the natural man cannot possess on his own. You need the Holy Spirit. So we can be blinded by the world's definition of beauty. Jackie's book, Jackie Hill Perry, the book titled Holier Than Thou, it's so beautiful. I, I love that book. But she says something there and she says, holiness is not passive. It takes work. But it's the good kind of work. Colossians 3 says, Since you have then been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of earth. I heard a pastor say this once and I thought it was very beautiful. And he says, The fact that Paul is saying set your mind, it means that it's like a dial. I can program myself to love the things of heaven. I can set my affections, I can set my desires on the things of heaven, on holiness, on the nature of God. I can be holy as God is. I can set myself apart. There's this scripture in Timothy and okay if you know me you know I don't remember where things are taking from so please I don't know anyways there's a scripture in Timothy where Paul is telling Timothy that just like in a house they are setting vessels you don't use for common use they're setting vessels and it's that china ware, that one that just stays in the cupboard for display except there's like a special special occasion or you're getting a special guest and you pull out those ones it's set apart from common use actually i think i'm going to pull up that scripture give me a second okay it's second timothy 2 verse 20 and it says but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So we must cleanse ourselves from the latter. So we have to be separate for us to even be used by God. We have to be separate. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the work of sanctification. 
We are made new. Our mind is being renewed. And I'm just making this to say that it's a beautiful process. It's beautiful that we get to be like God. I watched a reel this today and I really loved it. And it was a pastor and he was saying that what the devil wanted is what God gave to us for free. He wanted to be like God. But just by believing in Christ now, we have God on the inside. We are like God. We are ambassadors for Christ. Meaning that we are the representatives of Christ. So people looking for Jesus on the street, they see us and we are the Jesuses. So we get to be like him. And that's a beautiful thing. Holiness is pleasurable. The Bible says, In God's presence there is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. He has eternal pleasures to last us a lifetime. But the carnal man would not find that pleasurable. But we who are being made new in Christ... We have to set our affections on that which is Christ. So I'm tired of hearing things like, I think this this video, it was trending at some point where people, you know, were seeing Refiner by Maverick City. And, you know, the part where it says, I want to be tried by fire, purified. You take whatever you desire. Lord, here's my life. Maybe the caption is something like, when you realize what you're actually singing and it's like, oh God, no, I know I don't really want to be tried by fire, but can we just talk about how beautiful that is? Yes, it might be painful. The pruning is not easy. The refining is not easy, but compared to the gold that will come out, it is so worth it. So I guess this is to encourage anyone that is on this path of righteousness, that is seeking after the kingdom of God and after righteousness, that it is beautiful, that is choosing to keep themselves away from sin and not just sexual sin, but sexual sin is important as well. And you're not doing it for a man, you're doing it as unto God. You are keeping yourself so that you'll be ready, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Verse 22 says, flee also youthful lusts." And this is still 2 Timothy 2. And this is Paul now telling Timothy how you can be prepared for every good work, how you can set yourself apart. And he says, flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Society has painted it in such a way that the things of the world seem more desirable. The partying, the drinking, the, I don't know. I think usually when we talk about sins, quote unquote, we usually 
drift towards the partying, drinking, smoking. Like that's always the like go-to. But there's a lot more even than just those ones. The swearing, the cussing, that's not... I don't know who told us that that is cool, that makes you cool, but I'm telling you today that choosing to live a holy life is beautiful. And I pray that the Holy Spirit keeps you on this journey, on this beautiful journey of being refined because there's so much beauty he wants to bring out. You know, in... I think it's First Peter where it says, and he was addressing women, but I think this could be applied to male and female. And he's saying, don't worry about beautiful clothes or fancy jewelry. And I'm paraphrasing, but instead clothe yourselves with the beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so pleasing to God. This is what pleases God. The outward beauty, the external beauty, God couldn't care less about that. He looks at the inside, that gentle and quiet spirit. It is beautiful. It is pleasing to God. And so don't buy the lie that you are boring or you're lame or you don't know, you know, you're missing out. There is nothing you're missing out on. What the world doesn't know is that our minds are being renewed. And so our desires have changed. He has given us new desires now. So we have new affections, we have new desires, and they are for heavenly things. You know this hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And I love Lauren Daigle's rendition of it. And, you know, it says... And the things of earth will just strangely go dim. And that is what holiness is. That is the process of sanctification. Is that the more I behold him, everything else just looks not worth it. Not worth my time, not worth my energy. I start to see the beauty that is him. And I become like that. My favorite verse is 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. So we're becoming the image of Christ. We're becoming holy as he is holy. We're becoming set apart and different from the world. He has called us out. Don't try to be like everyone else. He has called you out. So I hope that someone is encouraged to just refuse to compromise, to go against the mold, to separate yourself from what is common. Because holiness is very beautiful. And it's something I desire to live as Christ, to be like Jesus, to be holy as he is holy. And it's not passive. We must work out our salvation. We must strive for it. We must press on towards the mark of the high calling. 
and it's not always going to be easy. There's a lot of denying of self that will come with it. But it's so rewarding. So don't get distracted. I'm telling this to myself. Don't get sidetracked. Because it is very rewarding. To live a life that is holy and blameless. And if you fall, get back up. Amen. Dear Jesus, I just want to say thank you for the privilege to be like you. To set ourselves apart from the world and be like you. Thank you that we have your spirit. We have the fullness of you to equip us. So Lord, I pray that we are patient in your fire as you refine and purge the things that are not like you, that we may be set apart. I pray that you strengthen our feet to flee youthful loss, flee the pleasures of this world and turn our eyes on Jesus and watch every desire just dim. I pray that you teach us to pursue holiness, to pursue righteousness, to seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness. And just watch what beauty will come out of our lives. Help us to worship you. Help us to worship you in the beauty of holiness. To see you as you are. To see the beauty that the angels and elders are seeing. That causes them to worship. Thank you that we have your nature in us. And we got this with our price tag. To help us to stay faithful to this journey. And watch how you will beautify our lives. Thank you, Jesus. For in Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.